Hello and welcome to another episode of the Food Fight podcast. I'm Matt Eastland. And I'm Lakshmi Baladasan. And we're both from EIT Food, Europe's leading innovation community working hard to make the food system more sustainable, healthy and trusted. They say it's what's on the inside that counts, but when it comes to food, it's often a different story. Today we want to talk about the outside, aka food packaging, why it's such a contentious issue and why we need to push for better solutions. So, does food need to be packaged? And joining us today for this episode is Archana Jagannathan, the Senior Director of Sustainable Packaging at PepsiCo. Hi Archana, thanks very much for joining us today on The Food Fight. Hi Lakshmi, great to be here. Thank you for having me on this podcast. And also we have Daphna Nissenbaum, the CEO and co-founder of TIPA. TIPA is a fully compostable packaging company that replaces conventional plastic applications. Hello Daphna, thanks for joining us. Hi, uh, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Great. Great stuff. Thanks to you both for joining us. Before we get into the specifics of what you do at TIPA and PepsiCo, in your own words, can you explain to us all why is there such a need for us to be talking about food and drink packaging right now? So Archana, maybe we can start with you. That's a great question, Matt. And I was intrigued when I saw the title of the podcast that you sent me, Does Food Need to Be Packaged? Um, my view is food packaging waste today is probably one of the most important topics uh, and issues facing our generation. But if you take a step back to maybe two, three decades ago, packaging is is really what has driven the growth of the of the food system over the last few decades. And that's primarily because packaging plays a very important role, plays a very important role in keeping food safe. It plays a very important role in reducing food waste. Um, It also allows companies like ours to provide information to consumers to allow them to make an informed choice about what they buy. So, you know, when you talk about the sustainable food system overall, packaging does play a really important role. What is a real issue for us is packaging waste. Mm. Um, and so at PepsiCo, our mission is to make sure that you know packaging and plastic specifically need never become a waste. So I think it's important to realize the benefits of packaging, but also equally realize that the waste that is being generated from, from packaging today is a real issue. It's It's like I said, be the foremost issue facing our generation today to leave a you know a better safer cleaner planet for future generations so i think that that is the problem that we are trying to to solve yeah that's wonderful yeah thanks for that archana i mean just to back that up i mean i think we're reading something in national geographic they've they've got a fact about of the 78 million metric tons of plastic packaging produced globally each year i think it's only like 14% which is actually recycled so you know it's a really big big issue uh, and what about you daphna what do you think well uh, first of all i fully agree with achana uh, the role of packaging is actually to protect the goods to protect the food and to make sure that we that we eat safely and and consume safely but while we do that we've been in the last i would say 60 or 70 years using plastic without any conscience mm. and uh, and uh, actually a research that was published at the beginning of 2018 by the world economic forum shows that uh, even less than 14 percent is actually recycled worldwide 
Is that right? And uh, yeah, it's uh, the numbers were uh, around nine percent, and uh, and that um, if we don't do something now, right now, it's going to be way above human race to take care of the damage that plastic is going to mm-hmm. leave uh, without us. We have we all we all have to understand that every piece of plastic that has been used ever is still someplace around us. Was was didn't go anywhere continue like that it's going to be a disaster yeah sobering stuff thank you and obviously both of you when you talk about packaging we all think about plastic and plastic is obviously just one material used for packaging but there are obviously others that we have challenges with you know for example people think glass is better but in reality it's much heavier so it's more polluting when it comes to transport and sometimes paper bags can also have a higher carbon emission than plastic when it comes to production so you know there's Lots to consider when we talk about this topic of packaging beyond plastic. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, it's really obviously not a straightforward topic. So maybe uh, could you both run us through some of the different packaging options available so that we can explain this a bit to, to our listeners? So, for example, what's the difference between biodegradable, compostable, recyclable non-recyclable yeah i'm sure there's loads of others you know can you sorry excuse the pun can you unpack these terms for us sure so there are many terms and we really have to understand uh, what we're talking about so um recyclable it's a word that says okay something can be recycled i think everything can be recycled at the end of the day but we do have to understand that recyclable means we have to make the connection that recycle means that there is a system to recycle the material and recycling mean going from the original product back to the original product is not recycling from the original product to something else because that, that's not really recycling. Recycling is again and again and again and again. And uh, so that's re- that's the word recyclable. And I think it's better to use the word recycled because if something is recycled, it means that there was a system to take care of, of that product and it was actually recycled. Okay. When we talk about uh, compostable and biodegradable, Biodegradable, it's a, it's a phrase that means, I mean, almost everything is biodegradable, um, but compostable means it biodegrades and decomposes within a certain period of time, a very limited period of time. So we, when we say something is compostable, but the certificate is compostable, it means that it can biodegrade and decompose within up to six months. Great, thanks very much for uh, unpacking some of these uh, terms for us. So the in terms of packaging, the iconic packaging, people are familiar with the Pepsi-Cola aluminum can. But for the listeners who aren't familiar with the extent of PepsiCo's different brands and product ranges, so Archana, perhaps you can explain a few of these areas? Yes, absolutely. So people are very familiar, as you said, with the beverage part of PepsiCo's uh, portfolio. But PepsiCo also has a huge uh, food business where we have iconic brands like Lays, Doritos, uh, Cheetos, etc. In, in many parts of the world. So food is a big part of our business as well. Uh, we also have uh, businesses in different parts of the world. So in Europe, we have a big dairy business in many parts of Western Europe in juice with, with Tropicana. You know, many people don't know Quaker Oats is owned by PepsiCo as well. So it's really a very wide portfolio, which uses a very wide range of packaging materials, depending on the need of the product and the requirement from a food safety as well as packaging perspective to keep that product ultimately safe and fresh till it reaches the consumer. 
And, and Archana, can I just stay with you for a second and just talk about your actual role? So why did you take on the role of Senior Director of Sustainable Packaging at PepsiCo, which sounds amazing, by the way. Uh, and what do you see as the opportunity that you have in this role to make a difference? I was super excited to take on this role as, as Senior Director of uh, Sustainable Packaging for Europe. And it's really to bring to life this mission of PepsiCo that I spoke about earlier, which is to build a real world where packaging need never become a waste, right? Uh, and if you, if you indulge me for a moment, you know, a personal anecdote, when I was um, on holiday a few summers ago with my daughter and some plastic swept up on the beach and you know she asked me an unending stream of questions uh, about why it was there how it got there and mm. you know you realize at that point that this is a problem that we have to find a solution for mm -hmm. um, so for me taking on this role was personally an opportunity to try and find a solution to this problem. And I think what the scale and reach of PepsiCo offers is, is the platform to not just make change happen in our direct operations, but hopefully use our voice as a leader in the food industry to drive change across the entire industry as well. So I'm really hoping that in my role, I can I can make a difference, not just to PepsiCo, but to the overall industry as well. And, and you know, just transform our relationship with, with packaging and plastics. I love that. Thanks, Achana. And uh, turning to you, Daphne, so tell us a little bit about why you set up Tipa. I mean, it's funny. It's almost the same story as Achana's. By background, I'm a software engineer. I'm coming from a totally different industry. I, have nothing, I had nothing to do with plastic or, or chemistry. But one day I had an argument with one of my kids about the plastic bottles that they used to take to school. And I said, where is the bottle? And he said, uh, I threw it away. I threw it away. So I said, no way. We have to reuse, recycle. And, and then uh, actually... Um, I went out uh, jogging and I said to myself, okay, there must be a diff another solution. And I thought to myself, what would be the most natural way to pack food? And the first uh, thing that came to my mind was an apple. Because if I ate an apple and I throw the residuals to the waste bin, it just disintegrates and biodegrades by itself. And that was the inspiration for Tipa, to, to develop a package that is similar to nature creation to organic waste and, and started to investigate that and develop uh, new materials that can actually pack the, the goods and protect the goods, but at the same time be fully compostable and can just go to the same stream as organic waste. And that's what we do. That's amazing. So both of you were driven to do what you do from your kids, from, you know, from what you were having conversations and debates with your children. It sounds like we probably need to be listening to uh, to our kids a bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the future is there. We know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Daphne, I mean, just to follow up with you. So, how have you developed your products, and you know, what's the innovation, and I guess what are the benefits, and can you explain that to our listeners? Sure. So, we had a target to develop a, a package that is fully compostable, which means if it's one hundred percent compostable, it can go to the organic waste stream. So, there was one one goal. At but the, at the other hand, we had to develop materials that are also similar to plastic in terms of their properties. There are compostable polymers in the market, but they have limit, very limited properties. So what we did is we developed uh, unique formulas that actually enable us to manufacture films, rolls of films, 
And from those rolls of films, we manufacture packaging. I have to say that we focus on flexible packaging. I can explain why, but we focus only on soft packages, flexible packaging, like snacks, fresh produce, bakeries, etc. The reason that we, we focus on flexible packaging is because actually flexible packaging involves few materials in one package, which means that the package cannot be recycled. There's no technology to recycle the package. And therefore we decided to focus on the market when there is no sustainable solution post-consumption. And in terms of compostable packaging, you know, you mentioned this technology is not actually new. It's been around for a while. So why do you think it hasn't been adopted faster? Um, the majority of the technology that has been in the market, I would say in the last uh, 15 years, let's say, that we see compostable, is it's, it's mainly um, disposable plates or knives or forks or utensils and shopping bags. Packaging needs different properties than bags. It has to be very robust. It has to go through a very um, aggressive supply chain and, and machinability, et cetera, et cetera. The technology wasn't there. Now, the technology now is, is available. Plus, the awareness in the market has been raised dramatically since we started TIPA. I mean, plastic is a major discussion, I think, since 2017, when China decided to stop accepting plastic waste from all over the world. That's when... Uh, and I'm right. glad to say that at the same time, we were ready with the technology. I was just going to say, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the brands, you know, for the brands, what, what makes ideal packaging? Like, what are some key considerations that brands such as PepsiCo need to consider? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, apart from what I talked about earlier in terms of food safety, food waste, ability to travel, etc., right? When we think about the environment, we, we would think about, you know, the environmental outcomes of a specific kind of packaging. We would absolutely think about infrastructure. So I totally agree with Daphna. We need to think about whether the packaging is actually recycled versus it just being recyclable. Uh, but also we think about the ease and convenience for the consumer, right? How is the consumer actually going to dispose of this uh, packaging? And I think where we are on this is one size doesn't, doesn't fit all. We will have different solutions in different markets. Great. And, and maybe you can just, um, just for our listeners, just give us a bit more flavour of, you know, what types of packaging projects PepsiCo are working on right now. We normally think of this agenda in three parts, right? It's reducing the amount of packaging and plastic that we use to the, to the minimum required. It's recycling, so creating that circular economy, and it's reinventing, so completely rethinking the business models or the types of packaging that we use for our product. And I'll, I'll try and give you a little bit of a flavor of some of the things that we're doing on, uh, on each Great. of these. So on the reduce side, we're looking at, you know, obviously doing things like lightweighting our, our beverage bottles, reducing the size of our crisp bags. We're looking at really innovative technology that, that helps settle the crisps in the bag a little bit a little bit better and so you can reduce the size of your bags and we've actually compacted our you know large multi-packs in the UK by 30% for instance so you know that that does save quite a lot of packaging so we're really looking to use the bare minimum required to right. keep our product safe on the on the recycle side we've we've 
committed to making our entire portfolio 100% recyclable, compostable, or biodegradable by 2025. We're about 90% there now, and we're running several projects to help us bridge the gap across the board. Uh, we're also you know, working with people across the value chain. So we're working with um, Carbios, which is a French company that uses enzymes to recycle product. We're working with Loop that uses chemical recycling technology. But equally, I mean, we're also going upstream. We're thinking about sorting technologies. We've been, um, you know, I can, I can go on with, with several examples <laughs> of, the, of the sort. Uh, but I think what's important to mention on the recycling side is we're also very closely working with the packaging recovery organizations in different parts mm-hmm. of, of Europe to ensure that packaging is actually collected and we push up the collection rates and the consumer education on, on how to correctly dispose packaging. We're working with, you know, CTO in France, EcoEmbus in Spain, etc. So a lot of work on really developing that circular economy for all of our different types of packaging, whether it's PET or aluminium or flexible packaging. Um, and then on the reinvent side, you know, really thinking about reshaping our business model, uh, we bought SodaStream a couple of years ago. I saw that. And uh, we're super excited about the potential of that business to to expand. And we think it will avoid about 67 billion plastic bottles from the expansion of that business. So that's something that we're continuing to drive very hard. And it gives consumers an alternate choice for how to consume our uh, beverages. Also, like I said, looking at different types of packaging. So I did mention the work we're doing with um, Danimer Scientific on compostable packaging. But on the beverage side, we're also looking at a fully bio-based bottle that is actually produced using old cardboard and sawdust, so biomass-based material. And that's um, working as part of an alliance with our peers uh, with a California-based startup called uh, Origin. So, again, lots of projects going on across all of these three pillars, reduce, recycle, and reinvent, and across our different types of packaging in different parts of the world. But hopefully I was able to give you a little bit of a flavor of some of the things that we're, we're trying to do. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks for that. It's great to know that you know, you're taking this so seriously and that TIPA does as well. And actually, just full disclosure... I, it was my birthday on Friday, and I actually got my first soda stream that I've seen since the 80s. So can't, Great. can't wait, I'm can't so wait glad to, to start that. gassing that water. Oh, I'm really jealous of that. It's like my dream to have a soda stream. <laughs> yeah, well, I love, I love the sparkling water. What can I say? I mean, you, you talk about the sort of, you know, what you're both doing, but I guess whose responsibility do you think it is to tackle sustainable packaging? Is it, is it just, you know, from corporates and startups or is is this a wider responsibility? Is this governments and, and other players in the food system as well? So I think it's not just a, a one one angle to look at responsibility. I think it's throughout all, it's all the stakeholders that actually use and produce and use packaging. Um, of course, it's I believe that revolution starts from end consumers, and uh, where they they see and feel the need, and then uh, it pushes uh, brands to take steps. And then in order to drive uh, new technologies, startups have to come with uh, innovation. And at the end of this process, governments come in. Then they take regulatory steps. Now, when you look at the future, 
not everything is in place at the moment that you look at it. But eventually, I think that um, right solutions win throughout history. And that's the responsibility of companies that have a huge power in the market. So here we are, PepsiCo, Antipower, those two edges of, of, of brands in the market, okay? So we are very small in PepsiCo, maybe it's the biggest uh, company in the world and still we're in the same discussion because something has to be done here. And I think that the best story is the story of, uh, of Henry Ford with the first car that was launched in the market mm. 100 years ago or more and that there weren't any roads then. And still we know what, what's the right technology and what, what works today. And what's your take on it, Ajna, in terms of responsibility, like working alongside with startups to drive the way? Yeah, I, I fully agree with what Daphna says, right? It's one person alone cannot solve this challenge. The scale of the challenge is so huge that it requires multiple people, whether it's governments, startups, big companies, to come together to solve the problem. So, you know, we're looking at this in terms of collaborations with startups, but also collaborations with our peer companies, collaborations with the government, etc. The only build to what Daphna said is, you know, as a responsible company, we don't want to wait for consumers to ask us to do something. We want to be on the front foot and we want to we want to lead because we realize that we need to find a solution to the problem as well. So, you know, collaborations, partnerships is an absolutely key part of our plan. We can't solve it alone. We need partners to help. And in terms of uh, partners, so Daphna, what companies are currently using TIPA products? Who are you working with? Uh, many. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention a few names in a second. I just want to say the way I really um, believe uh, that the right model is a model of collaboration. You know, I said I'm coming from the software industry and I know what viral growth is. And that's what I drive the company TIPA to do, viral growth. TIPA, actually, the growth model is a model of collaborations with the manufacturers, with the raw materials companies, and with brands and converters, which are another uh, type of companies. And, uh, and that's what we've been doing. We develop the technology. We manufacture with third parties. In a, in a sense, we're like Uber. We're using an existing supply chain, regular machinery. That's how we, we grow. We focus on several markets, which are the UK, France, uh, the Netherlands and Benelux, Australia and the US. We work with companies like Retrose in, in the UK. We work with Stella McCartney. We work with uh, Netta Porter we, in the fashion industry as well. Amazing. Uh, we have a very large uh, variety of companies and we also pilot with a lot of companies. The demand is there. You know, you talked about, you know, your brands are being your uh, consumers, but I guess for brands, your consumers, the end users like me and you, like, what do you think that the role that we can play in reducing uh, our plastic packaging footprint and in terms of our buying habits? It's a great question. And, you know, and I've been asked this question so many times, every, every time I talk about IPA and people are connected to the idea immediately and they say, OK, what can you do in order to, to help you, to help you grow? Because we think you're on the right way. Uh, and I said to end consumers, you know, go to the brand and just ask, why are you still using plastic? I think that's a question that needs to be asked by everyone. Why are you still using plastic that you know that is not going anywhere? It's just not going anywhere. And it's actually destroying the world that we have been living in. And, uh, and that's the immediate role of end consumers. 
I can gladly say that people actually do that. Mm. And people actually uh, actually connect brands and say, why are you still using plastic? And, and, and I can also share that one of the biggest companies in Europe came to us before COVID, came to Israel, to our offices and sat here and we said, we're not launching this, this and this product because we cannot pack it with plastic. Please find a solution for us. And that was a very, very good flag for me, which means that the pressure is there. Maybe it's not in full capacity yet, for sure. I mean, there's still way to go, but but it starts to be there. Can I just build on that, Lakshmi? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I do think consumers have a really important role to play. However, I think we need to look at it from a sort of nuanced perspective, as you alluded to earlier, right? It's not plastic per se that's a problem it's plastic waste that's the problem so in beverages for instance PET that's the material used for beverages is already widely recycled Uh, we are using a lot of recycled content in our packaging and to pick up on the point that Daphna made it is more expensive than using virgin plastic in our in our beverage bottles but we still believe it's the right thing to do and we're doing it and we've introduced a hundred percent recycled PET bottle in in Tropicana. We've introduced it in Lipton Ice Tea, and we're we're well on that journey to, to doing that. So you know we believe it's important as long as you can you know recycle and reuse that material in the circular economy. And it's great, Achana, to hear you talk about you know some of the innovations in PepsiCo that you're already working on. I mean, what from your position i mean what what's what's the thing that you're most excited about is there something that you've seen that really you know really sort of uh, gets you really excited about what you do and something where you see that you it's going to make real change yeah so I think I'm most excited about the future for uh, flexible packaging and trying to develop that, right? So as I said, you know, mm-hmm. the, the circular economy for PET, aluminium, glass, as Daphna referred to earlier as well, is, is reasonably well developed. There is infrastructure to do that today. The biggest problem we're trying to solve is, you know, the end of life for our flexible packaging. So I'm really excited by... The work that we're doing in, in Europe to develop recycling infrastructure for flexibles. I've, I've been to a couple of recycling facilities that actually take our crisp bags and recycle them and create, you know, various different products, including sort of car bumpers, etc. out of that. So they're being reused and being given a second life. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's very small pockets of Germany and Netherlands where that's happening today. But we're doing a lot of work to, to work with governments to try and scale up that infrastructure in Europe. Uh, But equally, the second prong of it is the work that we're doing on uh, compostable and biodegradable films in some other parts of the world. So we're learning, and that's what I'm really excited to be working on with my colleagues from different parts of the world. I wanted to pick up on something you said a little bit earlier. You talked about making it easy for consumers, and I'm really glad you brought that up because... We often talk about on the podcast and you know with our colleagues and consumers about labeling. So I imagine there's a lot of consumers out there, myself included really, is you think you're doing the right thing. So you, uh, you know, a, a piece of packaged food, you, you buy it, you know, let's say it's an avocado, you take off the plastic wrapper, you, you put it in the recycling because you think you're doing the right thing, but a lot of the time it's not actually recyclable. So 
So should the labels be clearer on food packaging and, and can't we just make this really easy for consumers? So, for example, could you imagine a world where we just have a label that says recyclable, compostable, not recyclable or something like that? You know, you're just three easy choices. Why is it so hard? It is. And, you know, to add to what you said, right, the labeling system in different countries is totally different. So if you right. live in if you live in London and you suddenly go to Paris, you'd have to relearn the whole labeling system there. So right. it I'm is staying where I am. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is complicated. And I, I think there's there's definitely an opportunity working with the regulators in different markets uh, and sort of making sure that Again, we're doing the responsible thing by putting the right information on our packaging as well. So we're we're introducing, for instance, and ro rolling out across all of our beverage packaging, very simple messaging on the cap that says, please recycle me. And it, you know, it nudges consumers to say, mm. you know, once you finish drinking this bottle, please put it in the recycle bin. So I think as brands, we have the power to, to drive a lot of consumer behavior by doing the simple things like labeling, but also through any of our events that we run, right? So, you know, we worked with the UEFA Champions League in Madrid last year and we ran a recycling activation where, you know, we encourage consumers to recycle and they could use the empty bottles to vote for their, for their favorite team. But it's, you know, what are the small things that we can do to really ingrain the habit of recycling in the minds of the consumers and try and explain to them why this is so important. We see that as part of our role, for sure. Okay, that's great. And, and Daphne, just on the labeling point, I mean, do, do you think that we can do better or actually is, is labeling just a small part of the issue? No, I think labeling is crucial to, for the end consumers to understand what they need to do. I think it has to be very clear. I mean, two, three options and that's it. Uh, we cannot uh, confuse the end consumers. Anyway, it's confusing, uh, but um, there's a lot of work that has to be done there. And actually, coming back to you, so in a company like PepsiCo, like how do you balance responsibility with profitability and, and what does that mean for PepsiCo and what does that look like? I don't see these as mutually exclusive. You know, as a consumer-centric company, we do what the consumer demands and the consumer is demanding more sustainable products today that is only going to increase going forward so this is as much about future proofing our business as anything else we need to have a license to operate and we need to deliver to our consumers what they're asking for in order to actually drive growth and profitability as a company so I don't think we actually have an option here. Mm. We have to do it and we realize we have to do it. And same to you, uh, Tafta, with TIPA. I know obviously sustainability is the heart of your business, but in terms of your long-term growth strategy, like how do you see balancing responsibility and profitability? So of course, as a startup, it's a different story. Um, currently, we're backed by investors, uh, but we've been growing very fast since we started sales. And eventually, um, our plan as we open subsidiaries around the world is to grow, grow our revenue, of course, and uh, and continuously grow by providing more and more solutions in the space of compostable uh, solutions, compostable packaging solutions. I'm very, you know, I'm very pleased to say that uh, like lately we raised our last funds uh, for the company's growth. That was the purpose of the last round, and we raised more than we planned. 
because the demand uh, with uh, investors, which actually reflects from other demands, it was huge. And we had to stop the fundraising and uh, <laughs> currently, and we'll get back to that when we need wow. more funds. But um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, because that's our growth uh, strategy. Grow the company by more customers around the world and more and more partnerships, of course. And making compostable plastic, flexible materials the norm. Yeah. Thank you for that, Daphne. Um, I'm really sorry to say, and I actually really mean this because I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation. We're really very nearly out of time. So if I could ask both of you a, a sort of one of the final questions, if you could send a message to the rest of the food industry, what would you urge them to adopt? Or you know, maybe another way, what would you want people to get inspired to do over the next few years to, to sort of really drive this agenda forwards? Thank you for the question. First, I think it's a very important one because I believe that when coming to solve a problem, it cannot be solved with the same solutions that we use now. What I learned in my short history, but when I look at history, problems were changed, but people started to think differently. When I have the stage to talk to brands or end consumers and governments, I always say, open your minds to innovation because eventually innovation had and can change the world. And, uh, and when I talk today, today to PepsiCo or to, to other companies uh, around the world, I say, okay, you don't have to go all the way, but start adopting innovation, start to look at innovation, start using new materials, and that will drive a change eventually. And that's, that's our role here, eventually, to leave a better world behind us. That's what we have to do. Let's do it with innovation and even to governments, you know, governments which are very conservative usually. I say, you have to open your minds and systems to encourage innovation into existing, existing very strong systems. The plastic industry is so strong. It's like David and Goliath in this, in this story, okay? It's mm. so strong. But if you open your mind to innovation, that can make a change for everyone, to the benefit of everyone. Fighting for a better food future. I love it. Uh, and Archana, what about you? Yeah, well, well, you can't not fight for a better food future, right? So within the same theme, I think my message would be collaborate. None of us can solve this problem on our own. We've had successes as PepsiCo collaborating with startups, collaborating with peers, collaborating with government. And we just want more people to come to the table to have that conversation. We are more than willing to play our part in, in driving this. And I think we're just inviting everyone to the table to say, let's work together to find a solution to this. Amazing. So it's been really great talking to you both today. So thanks very much. So for our listeners, where can people find out more? So Daphne, where can people find out more about TIPA and a bit more about you? <laughs> First of all, you can Google TIPA. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our website is uh, tipa, T-I-P-A-C-O-R-P.com. I want to say something about our uh, name, TIPA. Mm -hmm. uh, TIPA in Hebrew means a drop, uh, let's say a water drop. And the meaning that, uh, and the, the reason that we chose the, the word uh, drop is because one drop cannot make a change. But a drop and another drop and another drop and another drop can actually even change a rock, uh, the surface of a rock. So that's why we, we chose this name Tipa. So maybe that's a way to remember our name. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 
it, you just write it the, the, the same way you hear it. It's tipa-corp.com. That's who we are. You can take a look at our products. You're welcome to approach us. I welcome everyone to do that. Brilliant. Thank you. And you, Archer, where can people find out more about PepsiCo and your packaging and your sustainability? Our corporate website is the best place to start. We've just launched our sustainability report a couple of weeks ago, and that has a lot of the information on things that we've done, but also things that we're planning to do. So that would be a great place to start. But you know, equally, personally, I'm accessible on LinkedIn and all of the normal forums. So always invite you know anyone with any interesting ideas in this space to, to connect. Amazing. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, both of you. So from Daphna and Archana, thanks so much for your time. Another fascinating conversation. So to all the listeners out there, let's keep fighting for a better food future. So thank you all and goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both, Matt and Lakshmi.